Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Pastors, Pastors Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> oh, we are the worst. If people heard, we are the worst. The best. That was the first time, by the way. There was. It's not like we practiced that. No. I just it, saw Scott's mouth open, and I felt it. it I felt a pocket. Well, because there. because I have to wait like a couple of seconds to yep. give you know Adam some lead in, and so there was a couple of seconds of silence. Yep. And you knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> well, the giant like head retraction, deep breath, and then the quick move forward. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. was trying was to dramatic. signal, don't say anything else in this moment of silence, so I can actually get a start. Which technically he didn't. No. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Did not, not the, say a single thing. The getting thing. things started was the hard part. Yeah. With me today, our <laughs> pastors. <That's true. laughs> boo, boo. Uh, we are the worst. We're the worst. Especially especially Brian, but we are the worst. It's funny for us because we're in this room. That's right. Everyone else is just, I mean, just like, they're like, okay, two times speed for the first five minutes. And then we'll. That's what they're here for. This we'll bring is it what back the, to one the people are here for this dynamic. They love it. It's it's uh, a gift. The people. The people. Yeah. La gente. La, el pueblo. The people. All of the people are here for this banter. It's what they live for. It's the it's the water in in their in their um what it, I, it's the water in their lakes. <laughs> yeah, you finish that. That's our cold open. That's the cold open. The water in their uh, in their. Finish uh, my sentence, Brian. Welcome to corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's the air in their lungs. Is what. Dude, I was you had go three. For. You always go for the fourth. You don't no, have it. No, I didn't have it. I didn't have it. I'm feeling off today. We'll see. <laughs> so. No, we need to start over. Are we? we no, I was going to run with that. No. All right. All right. <laughs> we at least need to give Adam the option. Okay. We can't. <laughs> Why do you say that? This is good. This All is right. golden. All what right. are we talking about today, Look, Scotty? We're, yeah, let's go. What, Brian? Right. What? He gives. He's given up. He, I, he I'm in. He's 100 percent committed I'm here. here. He's committed. Problem is, <laughs> today we're going to talk about multiplication. Yeah. Four times six, Brian. Go. I'm not doing this. <laughs> Wait, wait, can we, can we, can we like, can we race? We see who's the fastest multiplier. It's got to be Brian. Why do no, you say that? It's definitely not me. And this is not a good game to play. It is Matt, a good game to Matt play. Matt will win this game. What's the fastest multiplier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt yeah, yeah. knows his times tables. All right, seven times eight. Mm, 56. Matt knows his numbers. He works with numbers all day. Yeah. We work with words. He eight times eight. Ooh, 64. 64. Yeah. Oh, see, it was a tie. I mean, kind of. I think he still won. He's still going 13 to win. Thirteen times fourteen, Brian. No idea. Well, I don't oh, know. I'm not even going to figure that out. So <laughs> 10, 130, 13 times four, twenty six. That's the that's the common 40, core. Fifty two. No, hundred. No, it's fifty two plus one hundred and thirty. Hundred eighty two. Nailed it. We don't know. <laughs> like and the if universe we got doesn't out the know. Phone, the world we, doesn't know. The and we let no, it. No, he's just saying that that that. that answer might be right and it might be well, wrong. Well, if we got out the calculator to figure it out, it just devalues the entire game. The square mm. devalues, funny. The square root of 259 times the no square root idea. of 259. 259. That's Come on. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> now, if there's anything that's going to get people to stay more than the banter, it's, it's going to be it's math. Math. <laughs> <laughs> math banter. We're here this for math. Here. All right, maybe we should try talking about a different kind of multiplication. Oh, what, oh. what other kinds of multiplication are there, Scott? Oh. Did you know <laughs> there's more than one type of multiplication? The pain. The pain <laughs> Ryan feels. The pain Ryan feels in any, anything close, anything resembling or anything near cheesy. The pain Brian feels. 
You, he's so ashamed to be a part of it. I'm I'm thinking he's not even gonna speak much so that his name isn't attached to this I can't podcast. turn this off because I'm in the room. Yeah, you're in the room. <laughs> but you could not talk. Hi, I didn't see you there. Oh. I was just thinking about multiplication. I was. I just, <laughs> I, you know, we can, we can go that route if we want to. You caught me mending my fences. All right, Scott. <laughs> that sounded, I don't, I don't even know I'm what that means. assuming that's a deep cut. Um, it is. I can send, I, I'll attach the link. <laughs> in the show notes? In the show notes. Yeah, it's a Will Ferrell joke from George W. Bush way back in the day. Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> Let's move this thing along. Move this train along. All right. Multiplication. We're five minutes and 50 seconds in. <laughs> We've got to get somewhere. The, um, <clears throat> we have a heart as a church to be a multiplying church. Mm. To be a church that, that sees not only the, the church multiplied, sees individuals, disciples multiplied, sees um, community groups and groups of people multiplied. And we've seen that in a number of different ways um really in in one sense brian this is kind of where we started as church planters this is why you plant churches right this is why i didn't just stay in simi valley forever this is why you you come out somewhere it's like okay i just want to get a job but they the reality is god's created his church to multiply to see the production of Production is not the right word, <laughs> but to see the making of disciples. The, you know what they call when you multiply two numbers together? The product. <laughs> so let me ask you this. I'm just going to ask questions. I'm going to start stop even trying to explain it. The reality <laughs> is God's called us to multiply. And this has been a, part of the church since the very beginning and uniquely a focus of ours over the last few years mm-hmm. as we saw the um, South Bay church plant get planted and a number of people who again like loved being here who we loved who we love deeply um, who had a conviction that the church by its very nature ought to be multiplying and replicating itself um, and we're seeing this as we prepare for the next church plant ahead um, with uh, Danny and the, uh, Nathan's and the Platts. Um, we're going to be hearing more about that in the future. But what? Why actually? Why don't we? Should we start with why multiply? But actually, maybe maybe not. Let's let's not start there. Let's ha, start has with. Has anybody ever? If you're out there listening, have you ever experienced Scott verbally processing? Because what you just experienced there was exactly what that was. That was that was a classic Scott verbal processing. Asking a question. Answering his own question, <laughs> changing the direction of where that question was going to lead us. I just want to. I want to stop and and just appreciate you. Life with me is not verbally simple. No, it's not. It's not straightforward. Yeah, I've always wondered why this 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 format even works because it just seems like I would be a train wreck, just trying to process things out loud. Well, this is not and then a train you're recording. Wreck. This is all. this is smooth. What they don't know is I edit everything. Rail. I I ask a question and then I cut out all the processing <laughs> and then I edit in the splice in the answer three minutes later. These when we record these, they're actually three hours long. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, it takes up a lot of time. What, so what what direction? What how would you like to approach this multifaceted, interesting question of multiplication? I think we should tell the story of the last couple of years, the last two or three years, as we have committed as a church to multiplication over the the long run and how 
that came about even in the midst of the three of us wrestling through, thinking through what, um, what, how we should be engaged in it, how we should be engaged in the life of the church. Because this is something we actually, I think it, it's pretty fundamental to even how we're structured and what we're pursuing now in leadership as a church. But it's not something, I don't even think it's a story we've ever talked about publicly. Like, we've talked, I mean, it's the elders are an engaged part of that, but it's not something we've ever had a context to talk about. So at one point, five years ago, maybe four years ago, Matt, from this conviction, you were had a desire to plant a church. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I always had this question in my mind uh, connected to this because uh, when I was in college, um, I had listened to Francis Chan sermons and Francis said, hey, we're planning a church in Santa Monica and we were freshmen, Nicole and I were freshmen in college and uh, shot an email to Brian. I think Nicole shot the email to Brian and we hopped on a big blue bus down to a, a prayer meeting over on Berkeley street in Santa Monica. And that was before the church was even having out any sort of actual services. And, and so I, I feel like I've been really uniquely privileged to see a church plant from the ground up in that sense, which was, was shoreline. And so, um, I was young, no idea. The church I grew up in was uh, relatively unhealthy and, and a lot of internal political fighting and stuff like that. I had even questions about the legitimacy of the local church at that point. I think I was reading mm. a lot of um, a lot of um, you know, Brian McLaren and, and uh, uh, emerging church stuff like that. And, and so just seeing discipleship and seeing community develop and seeing um, the way that, that uh, uh, when God's church focused on God— um, develops into a community serving, loving, caring for one another, living out the one another's together um, was such a compelling vision for me that I felt called to dedicate my life to that. And then uh, was thinking about, you know, the fact that God doesn't want us to to take this message of the gospel and, um, you know, to, to borrow a parable from Jesus and, and uh, you know, dig the dig under the ground and, and bury the treasure and just uh, hold on to it. But wants to see it multiply and grow, um, my thought is, look, uh, Cornerstone West LA, you know, after the merge shoreline, Cornerstone West LA is a great church, wonderful things, but um, uh, everything God wants to do in Los Angeles isn't through this church. And we know that. Um, and there's a reality of the fact that God wants to see this grow and spread. And that's part of part of from the beginning, what, what, what uh, I see in scripture over and over again, you read the New Testament, you see this um, uh, Jesus comes into the people of God and there's this explosion outward, go and make disciples of all nations, right? There's this um, taking of this message and, and the intentional, purposeful spread of it um, in different cities. You see this in the, um, the missionary journeys of Paul. You see this as he's planting churches in different areas and raising up elders and um, planting churches in different uh, locations and dedicating himself to ministering and, 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 and uh, uh, pastoring and shepherding different groups of people and, um, and raising up future elders. You see this in his letters to Timothy. Um, you see this all over the New Testament, this tendency, tendency towards um, multiplication. You see it even, I mean, you see it in the Old Testament. You see it as uh, uh, you know, I preached through Jonah a few years ago and this sort of missionary, reluctant missionary sent out to the people of Nineveh. You see, even from the very beginning in the sense of um, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, right? This is like a fundamental principle of um, of Scripture. And so I, for me, as I was kind of making all those connections, I think biblically, 
um, seeing it throughout the story of the Bible, seeing it in, in this biblical theology of multiplication and spreading as not a, um, not a cherry on top of Christianity, but as a, uh, a fundamental part of what it means to follow Christ. That's where this like, and, and I had this unique privilege of seeing a, a church plant from the ground up. I was like, yeah, I think I should, I think I should maybe multi- multiply and be part of multiplication when it comes to uh, churches and new churches and helping to reach the city of Los Angeles for the gospel with um, churches, with yeah. local churches representing Christ in different communities. Yeah. And so that's where I was I, four years ago. That's where kind of my heart was and my mind was and my thoughts were and my my preparation was moving a hunt really strongly in that direction. Yeah, yeah and, and this had been a vision of, I think the entire leadership of the church of all the pastors for years. And we'd seen this in different ways as we reached out to different communities and had different language groups and things like that here as a part of our church. But the long-term goal was always to continue to see the multiplication that was taking place among community groups, right? And people would see this in their community groups, their community group would grow, they'd have to multiply, you know, they, and that's gone on for years and years on one of the other podcasts, right? Steph Durr was talking about how <laughs> over the last 10 years, she's been a part of four different community groups because this keeps happening, which is a part of the nature of not splitting discipleship, not splitting, not splitting, multiplying, multiplying, multiplying yeah, very intentionally. In fact, splitting is dividing and is the opposite <laughs> of multiplication. Just to clarify for everyone involved. Yeah, I wanted to plant a church. If you multiply and get a product, you divide and get a... What do you get? You divide and get a... What is that term? There's a term for it. All right. Yeah, I'll look it up. I, and we we, could, we should wrap that into our community group. I'll look it up and I'll wrap it up. I'll wrap it up into it later. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I wanted to plant a church cause I felt like Scott and Brian were holding me back. Right. So <laughs> they were, they're holding me back from my true potential. And so I was going to no, no, honestly that, but, but that's where you, you've seen it in the church. You yeah. see it as, I, I don't know. I met, a, I met a new couple today who was invited and they were um, just coworkers with someone else at the church here. And, and yeah. that's like um, amazing. Like they the message of the gospel just spreading and growing. And you see that in Colossians one, you see all over the Bible once you yeah. see it and you see it in our church community in so many different ways as well. These multiplication of community groups and multiplication of people. It's just, it's like the DNA of what it means to be alive as a church. Absolutely. And so as we have sought to pursue that and particularly more intentionally over the last four or five years saying, okay, this is now a season after having been a church plant ourselves, after having been a merged church and going through that process, we kind of entered into uh, a season where we said, this is a, a, a time where we ought to be dedicating ourselves to, to sending uh, beyond our church and to sacrificing as a church and sending in this sense, like, like sending our best, right? Sending those who could be a huge blessing to be here long-term but there's a, a bigger vision than just building Cornerstone West LA. Um, and so as we've stepped into that. Wait, that's huge. I want to stop there for a minute because churches nowadays, like the, the church community, the church, American church can be so fixated and focused on institution building. Mm. Like, and, and I, this is not any sort of particular criticism at any other church, but there can be a tendency in churches to kind of say, I'm going to build up Cornerstone West, like Cornerstone West LA as a 
a brand and an institution. Yeah, I need we to can't like, fit here. We need different exactly our own campuses. Y- yeah. Need, yeah, and and there's so there's so much. Um, I think about that that runs counter to exactly what we see commanded in in scripture um, from Christ. And so I I just you know you said it quickly, but I just want to like we are not our goal as pastors is not to build up Cornerstone West LA. So are church plants allowed to use a different name than Cornerstone? The church plant that is going out <laughs> next year is probably not going to use the name Cornerstone. What? Wait a second. Yeah, they said they would like to name Deal it Shoreline. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably as close to the beach as we would have been if we didn't merge <laughs> by now. So. Yeah, Shoreline Church in Westwood. Hey, man, we <laughs> started on Fourth Street. We started on Fourth Street. We could see the beach when we started. That we made could. sense for like at least six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on top um, of not being good at naming things. Ah, uh, man. So, truth class. So, interestingly, and I, I think this is actually a, a helpful part of this story a, a couple of years ago was it a couple of years ago now like you, your more immediate plans changed and instead of kind of being a part of the um, next group that's being sent out as a church plant Matt you, you decided to stick around here for at least a little longer and uh that's that, that might seem seem counter on the surface of yeah. it to what we've been talking about. What so, but but I think it's actually a part of what we. It's a part of this movement that the Lord's doing, um, and the things that the Lord's doing in our midst. What, why don't we tell the story about kind of what brought that about? What was it? Was was that two years ago? Yeah. Was that twenty? Was that early twenty nineteen? Yeah, it was like fall of twenty nineteen. Okay. So this less than back two, less than two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, your sabbatical is twenty nineteen. Seems like a lifetime ago. Does it seem like a lifetime ago to you? Um. Yes, but everything before the pandemic feels like forever ago. So fair enough. It all kind of m- melds into one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the the question that comes up on the table, I think, as as pastors of a church, right? You have there's a lot of ministry and needs within the church at any moment, um, counseling and discipleship and organizational needs. And so there can be, uh, it's easy to, to, uh, to not be concerned or, or be thinking through, um, multiplication and multiplication is one of those things that doesn't just happen. It requires intentionality. It requires a particular focus. Um, the other thing that I think we're so blessed with here is incredible, godly men and women servant minister leaders in our Mm. church um like you look around and and, and, you know for those of you who are listening to this podcast if you're just kind of like a new person at the church or anyone you look around at any of our community group leaders any of our counselors any of our um uh, uh, teachers in different capacities we have a church that is over and abundantly filled with godly men and women and the opportunity that is that presents us is something along the lines of, hey, we have all these amazing godly men and women who could serve and minister and counsel and disciple in, in different capacities. And our tendency, you know, as pastors is we don't want to lose those people. We want to hoard them for whatever we, you know, whatever purposes we might have here. But that goes again to that counter institutional kind of mindset and say, 
if God is giving us all these godly men and women, maybe they need, maybe this is the future of new church plants, new multiplications, new community groups, future, um, future missionaries, future uh, um, uh, ministry leaders, future pastors, future servant ministers in different capacities. And so to say that we have all those resources. And when we think about resources, when we use the word resources, 99% of the time, we're not even talking about money at all. We're talking entirely about the people that God has given us in this church. And we are over and abundantly blessed with incredible people. And so for us, we kind of looked at it a few years ago and said, but who's kind of like going to organize and help organize those multiplications? Who's going to help facilitate that? What kind of intentionality can that bring? Um, and so for me, I, I, uh, we kind of all praying through that, thinking through that and kind of said, it looks like it might make sense for for me as the pastor here to to stay in Cornerstone West LA instead of going off and planting a church myself um, to st- with a, a team, but to to help facilitate those multiplications over the next ten to fifteen years, and maybe we'll send out you know eight to ten church plants over the next ten to fifteen years, and God will just multiply the gospel in different communities, different neighborhoods uh, across our city, and so mm-hmm. that's kind of the role that I'm I'm kind of mer- you. Know, uh, uh, moving into in that sense to really focus on how do we, how do we raise up, send out, facilitate multiplication when it comes to church plants? How do we use, honestly, um, use the time that we have to make a, an incredible impact for the gospel in the city of Los Angeles by sending out um, godly men and women to, to help lead and serve different communities across Los Angeles. And that's, that's kind of where we, we ended up instead of um, me going and, and doing that myself, which, again, I feel called to and, and, and feel passionate about um, helping facilitate that here so that we can do more of that uh, across our city. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's so interesting because it has been a process that none of us saw coming. And we, it's, it's that theme that <laughs> that we keep repeating over and over again. But it wasn't what we saw coming. But then when, when we saw it, it was... Like, of, oh, of course, this is what the Lord's doing. Because we, we came to the re- realization, like with this tension that Matt, like we, we do really do have a heart, not just to plant a church, but to continue to multiply, to plant churches over the next 10, 15 years. Um, and we realized that with the size and responsibilities and capacity that we all had, we could send Matt out to do that. But and, and I, I realized this in sending out the South Bay Church and kind of being the one who helped to just shepherd them in that. I, like I could do that once, but I, I don't I didn't have capacity with my other responsibilities here to see five churches go out and and then also training and filling the leadership holes in our church for our church, because every time these people go go out. Right. It, it's. It takes a huge chunk out of the life and leadership of Cornerstone West LA. And that's that's a sacrifice that we are happy to make, but it's still a very real one that we need to continue to 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 fill. And and as and as we looked at our capacity and your capacity, I mean it hurts like for real. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Um and, and in a good way, but still in a very significant way. Yeah. Um and we realized that Matt could go out and plant a church, but that probably would be the last church we planted for a long time. If we didn't have the capacity Without somebody to, continue, to facilitate yeah, if we didn't have the, some, the capacity yeah. to facilitate the, the this multiplication to really invest in 
the the coming leaders and the multiplication of those leaders. And so uh, that's why I'm really excited about this, really excited about what is in store the next five to 10 years in the life of Cornerstone, because I think for by his grace, the Lord has situated us to make this kind of multiplication a priority, not just among, not, not just in the disciple making, which it has been and ought to be, not just in community groups, which it has been and ought to continue to be, but also to facilitate this multiplication in the the, the establishment and multiplication of local churches, particularly across our, our city. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, we have 10 million people in the county of Los Angeles. There is no way, I mean, we are so under-churched in the sense of churches per capita. There, There's not enough um, local representation. And if we are going to really purposefully uh, um, reach this city, this county this area of the world it, it requires local representation in these local communities we are never going to be some sort of major regional church that has you know people driving an hour or two hours and there's churches like that that are out there but we are a community church we are a church that's invested locally invested in um, the local community and we are uh, uh, hoping to replicate that with the um, incredible godly men and women that we've been given here at the church to um, uh, represent Christ in different communities across our city and, and across the county and, and maybe across the world, but there is such a need here that we see um, and such an opportunity for us to to, to make that happen um, and that we're excited about. We're extremely excited about, and maybe you listening here, you're wondering, you know, I wonder if there's a role that you have in that, and the answer is 100% because, um, yes, you, you do have a role, 100%. You do have a role, whether you go with a church or whether you send people off, we want to be a, a church community that has part of its DNA to be multiplying, multiplying community groups, inviting new people in, inviting people who don't know Christ to come to know Christ. Um, uh, there's movement in the gospel. There's movement in our lives, and there's movement in communities. And so you need to be a part of that. I, there's a tendency to for people to come to L.A. and say, you know, I'm going to hunker down and find a place that I can just survive for the time that I'm here or whatever. Mm. And, and that's, uh, um, there's a strong tendency there. And so you might come here and you find a community and you're like, great. Like I found a home. I found a, an LA church home that I can be a part of for some time. And I feel some comfort there and that's fine. There's, there's so much good in that. And we want to be a place of refuge for you, but we're not going to just be a place of refuge for you. We're going to be a place that sends you as well into your jobs, into your communities, into your neighborhoods, and maybe into other neighborhoods in the city for the sake of the gospel, because that's why we're here. And that's what mm -hmm. God has called us to. I, okay, so that, that's perfect. I think this is exactly where we should go. Let, let's talk a little bit more about that, about what that means, because I think this is really, it, it's encouraging and exciting to think about it and the church as a whole. I think it's really, uh, and there's so much more to the story we could tell, but I think it's super encouraging to see how that's played out in your choices in your life and how the Lord has orchestrated all of us together and given and, and, and uniquely kind of allowed you, Maddie, to have this, this focus in the years to come. Um, how does that, how ought that impact and shape the lives of our people, of our leaders, of our leaders listening? Like what, what is that practically? I mean, you, and you've kind of, introduced it like you kind of opened the door but i want to wrestle a little bit more about like what for our servant ministers what does that mean for just the average member like what what is what does it mean to be a part of not just a local church but a a, a multiplying 
disciple making church and what are the things that that ought to be a part of um all of our considerations as we think through life even as we conceptualize church life right um in this time and in this moment i want brian to say something (laughs) (laughs) um i mean it's a big question and you know me i want to answer all of the the things um but i think to start at the very beginning um in colossians it talks about how the gospel you know bears fruit and grows um there's something in in peter it uh it talks about how like the implanted word in you bears fruit and like there's a way that by virtue of being a christian there's a growth that doesn't just take place in your individual life um that the, the kind of thing that uh god does in someone's uh life is not restricted to that person's life but it catches them up in something larger that he's doing across time across the world and there's a tendency that we have to think of ourselves as looking back on what god did in the bible in that way um without and then god will do something again like later um when there is really no discontinuity between uh how god was moving the gospel in the Mm. new testament and how he's moving it now um there's certain means and things that we can talk about that maybe look different, but the reality is God is doing what he did then. Now there's not, it's not different. And that's something that we don't talk a ton about. And we don't think a lot about, we talk about it here in certain ways, but it's just not like something that feels like it's in the very center of how I was raised in the church. Um, or just kind of the vocabulary you hear kind of, if you're in Christian spaces, um, mission is something else. Mission is something you do on top of, uh, the gospel. It's not implicit in the gospel itself. Or something that really super Christians do. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, if you're really spiritually something, then you're going to go do it. Um, and so I think the very first thing for like your average member or your average Christian is reconfiguring how you think about um, <laughs> the life class, the truth class. It's reconfiguring how you think about yourself, the world, and the gospel. It's, it's really thinking about how this isn't something that uh, is like an action step or something outside of what's happened to you. It's not something you progress towards. It's built into the very thing that you already are a part of. Mm. Um, and that's just a radical re-understanding and reorientation around the world. Mm. Um, from there, I think you have to start talking about, okay, so that that's going to look certain ways individually. It's going to look certain ways uh, communally. Um, and it's going to look certain ways like structurally for a local church. We've talked a lot about the structure stuff so far. Um, but communally, mm. it's going to look like a, a constant welcoming posture a constant look outside of your community to say who else ought to be here Mm. not simply because you want to add people but because that's what the gospel is Mm. it's 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 something that grows and bears fruit it's something that uh touches you and then reaches out to grab a hold of others that's simply how how it works to deny that is to just mistake what it is that is happening to you you're just missing an entire part of what it means to be a christian and to be saved and what god's doing in the world so communally, we have this posture towards that that then is going to say, well, of course, it's hard to multiply community groups, but of course, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the of courseness is going to show up a lot more because we, of course, there's going to be an extra chair in a meeting night. Of course, it's going to happen. And then individually, it's the same thing where you find in L.A. everyone is packed to the gills with their schedule. Everyone is feels tired all the time. And it can be a very hard city. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to start begin start to think about not just our posture towards other people and trying to 
add things to reach out. You have to start thinking about how it's in it's in things that tire us that God meets us a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It's in looking outward when it feels like you all you can do is look inward that you actually find the refreshment you were trying to find by looking inward. Mm-hmm. Not all the time. That's really complicated in different situations and seasons. And of course, all those caveats. But I think that's a really rare thought. For me, as much as anybody, is it, it, the th- I'm looking to find a sense of refreshment that my schedule, my life, the demands on my time feel like they aren't giving me. The idea of, of sacrificing of myself or sacrificing more of that is only going to take away. Um, that's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, and you miss what God might do in that. And I've found personally that when I do things like that, some of the time, maybe most of the time, I find myself more refreshed than if I had stayed home or if I had tried to recoup mm. some of that. And that's, again, it's built into the gospel. The rest of the gospel is rest in a gospel that grows. And so you're finding yourself resting not in time off, uh, me time or whatever. You're finding yourself resting in the gospel that grows. And so that a lot of that's ethereal, but I think you have to start with that posture stuff and that sense of what God is doing and what he's like and what the gospel is in the world um, before you can start getting to some of the structural things that are going to make sense. Because you can't, you can't get the structure can't move down. We can't structure we can't structure the church in such a way that it's going to make you have a different posture. Hmm. But boy, if we have that posture and embrace it and teach it and love it and try and embrace it as a community, that structure can facilitate something just really amazing. I think that's what hmm. we're trying to do. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And I think that that's how it bears out, right? It's grown from the inside out. And I think as it does it also helps us to recognize that there's not just an impetus to um, that type of multiplication, that type of investment in others, but there's also a huge amount of opportunities to do that. And I think that in the life of the local church, like if this local church was just about kind of maintaining, if it was just about kind of institutional growth, it was just kind of about being here, that there could very easily be an attitude of like, oh, look, there's like, a dozen pastors. There's like 30 community group leaders. Like, it, it, there's not really an opportunity, right? Like, they, they don't need me to step up. Like, I don't need to. And I, I think that that that's born out of a completely different assumption about what the local church is. Mm-hmm. And when the local church is this multiplying body, then not only is are the opportunities there, not only is the need there, but then you actually you actually see it, right? You see that no. Community groups are growing and need leaders, need people to step up who maybe wouldn't have considered it otherwise. Uh, people need to be discipled. There, there are new Christians coming to faith that, that need people to invest in their lives that, and that people need to are, are called to step into that that maybe you otherwise wouldn't have considered, wouldn't have thought like, oh, that's me. And I think, and honestly, the same is true about elders and pastors. I mean, yeah, you know, we had a dozen pastors like six months ago or almost that. And, you know, we're sending them out, <laughs> you know, and we're multiplying. And we're in so many ways um, in need in order to shepherd and faithfully shepherd the church family that's here. We were just talking about this the other day. Like we, we need more elders and pastors in the next couple of years desperately 
um, not only for the sake of multiplying, but even just for caring for the people here, like for both and to make multiplication possible. And, and it reminds me of the fact that so many of the elders that have become elders in the last five years started by saying, I, I, I didn't think that was me, right? Like I, I wasn't considering that I was looking for that, but, and, and I, I throw that out there because I think whether it's becoming a community group leader, whether it's becoming an elder, whether it's be, becoming a disciple or, um, I think every one of us and everyone listening has an, has just some assumptions they carry with them. They don't even think about that assume that help them assume that, that, Oh, maybe, maybe that's me. Maybe that's not me. Right. Th- those types of things aren't me. Like maybe I could help out this way, but I'm not going to ever be a community group leader. I'm not never going to uh, be a pastor or elder. And the reality is that I think in a church that's multiplying like this, that there's probably a lot more of that. There's a lot more of people that are thinking that now that maybe didn't take the opportunity to rethink that, to have conversations. I was thinking, wait, how, how does God want me to participate, sacrificially participate in this uh, multiplying work that he's doing? Yeah. And I think that that goes back to, um, it goes back to sort of Brian's point about the, the posture versus the, the structure, because we tend to think of it in those structural terms of official titles or official roles yeah. and those kinds of things. And the, the really, the, the way you get there, the, the way that that is impacted, the way that the culture of the church, the structure of the church, that the way that the church is different is by you as members of the church, as regular tenders, as people who are part of the church community growing in that posture mm-hmm. and carrying that with you. And I, and I think that's really, I think that's really key because that that's that's where I guess w- when you're kind of talking about kind of the the people who are saying I don't think that's me or I'm I'm not sure that I could do that the reality is um the question we want every single member every single person who's a part of this church asking is what does God want me to do what does God want in my life and and when you ask when you start asking that question you you ask it not just about your job and your vocation. You ask it about your church community. You ask it about your neighborhood. You ask it about um, uh, what city you live in. You ask it about uh, how you interact on a Sunday morning. You ask it about um, all these different arenas and different areas of your life, your family and all these other things, right? You start asking that question. You, You start realizing the answer is oftentimes God wants me to love and serve and reach out and um, be hospitable and invite these people in and and have a posture towards them of selflessness. And most of the time when it comes to church community, most of the time when it comes to um, thinking about the church, there is a tendency, and, and this is true in our church and any other church, there can be a tendency towards a, a more consumeristic mindset that says, how does this serve me? And how does it do this? And how does how does this help me? And what do, what do I get out of this? And, and you read the New Testament, you read what Christ calls us to as Christians, and it radically undermines that completely and says, no, this is not about you. Like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to refresh you, like you're saying, Brian. But the question you need to be asking is, what what is what is God using me in this arena for? How is God mm. going to use me in this community group? How is God going to use me? In the, you know, a new person walks into your community group. Let's take it to a real practical level. You're sitting there. You're just trying to like, you know, maybe in the season you're trying to just reconnect with people. You feel so disconnected. A new person comes into your community group. The immediate thought can be, another person to get to, like how hard it's like, I, I'm already having a hard time connecting with these people. And 
another person is in the community group and, and I get that. Okay. I, I get the posture. Like I understand why you're feeling that way, but God calls you to something very different. Mm. God calls you to a posture of welcoming in that context that says, I know this is not my first instinct, but I want this person to feel welcomed and loved. I want to ask them how they're doing. I want to get to know them. I want to, I want to, I want to be the person who reaches out. And you might say, well, when I joined that community group, no one did that for me. Well, then now you can do it for somebody (laughs) else, right? Like there's a sense of posture behind this. And I I really appreciate that word you use, Brian, because there's a sense of posture that is a call towards multiplication that I think really changes a lot of your interactions on a Sunday morning. You're sitting next to someone you don't know. Instead of turning to the person you do know, turn to the person you don't. Like there's so many things about that that are maybe um, very much feel like a giant mountain to climb for you. And I get it. I understand. And I'm not I'm not calling you consumer. I'm not criticizing you or condemning you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the posture God calls us to in the context of the church in the context of your community group, in the context of your neighborhood, in the context of your workplace, in your family, in all these arenas is how do I selflessly serve and invite into the the, the life, this growing gospel message that's growing in me and spreading out from me? How do I invite people into that? Um, and if you have that posture and that mentality, our church community, number one, is going to be radically different. Our church plants are going to feel like the most obvious things in the world. Hmm. You send out a church plant, it's not going to be like, oh, why are they sending those people away? That's weird. No, it's like this is what happens in as a Christian. This is what we do. You multiply. It spreads. And new people are invited in. You're not best friends with the same people. You know, you're not like it's not a group of you and your best friend in one community group for the next 40 years and you never have new people involved. This is part of what it means to be a Christian, that these relationships grow and change and new people are invited in and it spreads out and you're sent out. All of those things are part part and parcel of what it means to follow Christ. And I'm kind of rambling here, but there's like a passion here I have for this that I think is oftentimes missed in the context of a church community and is relegated to those special elite class of Christians who are going to go out and plant a church when I need and I know that God has called Cornerstone West LA to be a place of multiplication, whether you're going with a church plant or whether you're not. A place of hospitality and welcoming and, and that gospel spreading in us and amongst us and out from us that I think is really crucial to me, to what it means to be a healthy church. And so that's why I think it's part of, it's part of um, a passion sort of across the board for me. Mm. I think it's really well said. That's really well said. And I think that's part of what we just want to convey to you uh, as you're listening, a bit of our heart for how the nature of the church is a multiplying family, um, not a static one. And one that, it, changes constantly by its very nature um, as it multiplies and grows and um, as the kingdom of God continues to spread in his city and in, in this city and beyond. And that's where the joy is found. I think that's it. it it's yeah. just so easy to have this conversation. I, I'm thinking about people listening to and leave it and go, yeah, like we need to sacrifice, you know, like we, and there's, that, that's true. Like, I, I, I think that's right. You know, we, we do need to sacrifice. But let's not pretend that the sacrifices God calls us to are not also where he puts joy for us. Mm. It's, it's very inappropriate, I think. And that's how, in many ways, mm. how I, I, I found myself for a long time. It's like, you know what? The, the sacrifices are important because they're sacrifices. Mm. And that's it. 
and Christian sacrifice. And, and there's a way of hearing everything we've said and be like, yeah, let's get passionate about that sacrifice. I think that, that there's ways that's true. And I want to encourage some of that. But I also just want to remind us all, that's where the joy, you know, for the joy set before him, mm-hmm. you know, he, despising yeah. the shame, he endures the cross. Like there, There's a way that we look at the things that are hard for us, that aren't life-giving for us, don't feel life-giving for us, and just assume that we should avoid those. Um, and I think that it's just a giant mistake. The things that don't feel life-giving for us are often the very places that we are leaving a lot of life on the table. Because it's mm. the joy that is there, just like you talked about today in the sermon, the joy is a result of following Christ. It's yeah. that fellowship with Christ and letting him lead you into those callings, into the, the, the commands he gives us, that that's where that joy comes from. And, and trying to, trying to, um, uh, uh, do, trying to, uh, um, get that joy without following Christ doesn't work. And this is what Christ is leading us into. And so there's a sense in which th- it's connected directly to our relationship with Christ to begin with, like you talked about today. Yeah. How, I mean, how foolish to think that we're going to write a better story than God's going to write that gives us more life and more joy than the one he's prompting us towards. Hmm. It's just, it's just not, not foolish in a condemning way. Just like, man, like, wouldn't it be, how much more free are you when you just say, yeah, I'll, I'll follow wherever. Cause I know that you're going to provide the things that I need. Hmm. And even when I'm lamenting and even when it's really hard, that's where else am I going to go? This is, you have the words of eternal life. There's just so much here. That's not about um, just how hard it's going to be, but it's important. Mm-hmm. It's about how joyful it is. And, and even now, we, if you've listened to this podcast, how, how many times have you heard the three of us, a bunch of different people, just look back and go, I'm so much happier now mm. that I didn't write the story of this church yeah. or of my life. And the idea that, but now, <laughs> now I'm going to clamp down and really make sure I'm controlling what comes next. Yeah. I, again, I'm not, I, I know that there's different people in different places. I know that some people are just trying to survive right now. Like I get all of that. Um, but inside of, of wise decision-making, let's just not forget that God never asks us to do something, to have a posture, to give of ourselves in a way that is not ultimately something we're going to look back on and say, I'm so glad we did that. Mm. Um, and this is what that is, yeah. you know? So for those of you who are struggling, who are busy, who are thinking this is hard, it absolutely is. And as the introvert in the, at the table, mm. I, I'm right there with you. But man, I, I don't want to leave joy on the table. I really don't. And I, when I'm at my best and I th- I'm thinking the clearest, it's when I say I want to have that posture because I want to be I don't want to leave that that joy on the table. I don't want to I don't want to look not be able to look back and say, oh, what an amazing thing. Hmm. I, I'm so glad I haven't missed out on that in the past. And boy, I don't want to miss out on the future. Hmm. So good. So good. Well, why don't we leave it there and leave you with that? And I think our, our encouragement is to as you hear about opportunities to um multiply whether it's at a community group level whether it's at a church level where it's these upcoming church plants or um or even just inviting people into your life uh pray that you would be seeking striving after that joy not leaving it at the table leaving it on the table but um taking hold of that which the lord has prepared for you in it so Thanks for listening. We love you. Uh, We love getting to be a part of this multiplying community with you. And we'll see you on Sunday.